with you this morning. I want you to turn with me to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. John, the disciple of love. Hallelujah. Guess y'all know what coming up this week. Yes, Lord. Valentine's Day, and I've been saved this year. Hallelujah. <laughs> My wife can't have no chocolates <laughs> and no sweets. Chocolate. I don't have to buy the chocolate first. That's why I bought them and gave them to y'all. <laughs> chocolate's hell food. I come that back. way I can tell my wife, I did give chocolates this year. I gave to everybody but you. <laughs> um, okay, first. Yeah. What was the scripture? Uh, uh, oh, first John, first John, chapter 4. But anyway, okay. so, did I say John or first John? First, first, John. first John. Okay, I didn't get the right one. We only got one first John, right? Right. <laughs> we got second, third there too, but you know, we, we don't want to deal with any of that. We just deal with this one. <laughs> God is good. He is good. You know, when I think about John and I think about him being called the disciple of love, he saw himself as a recipient of Christ's love. You know, when I think of that, and I think of ourselves, how many Christians truly see themselves as a recipient of Christ's love? You know, we know that God first, God gave his son Jesus for us, but so many times we, I, I run into Christians often, I should say, who feel like they don't deserve the love. They feel like, well, you know, I, I was such a, a heathenish person. I was such a wretched person. You know, I don't deserve the love of God. You know, if God only knew what I did, and I remind them, God knew what you did. Matter of fact, he knew what you did before you were ever born. Yeah. And they're like, what? You know, how is that possible? I said, because he knew you from the foundation of the world. I said, so he knows everything about your life. Before you were even a thought in somebody's mind, generations into your family, Jesus already knew about you. And he sent his son to die for you before you were ever born. I said, what kind of love is that? I mean, how impressionable of love is that, that, that he would do that for you? But John also calls for something that we don't like to do in the Christian society. You ready for this? He calls believers to love one another. Well, I, I can love my spouse. Sometimes, when he or she doesn't listen to me, then it's kind of tainted a little, and I get agitated and aggravated. And it just makes me so upset. I love my brothers and sisters in the church until they won't give me the news about Sally or this one or that one because they, well, nobody told me they had the cancer. <laughs> nobody told me that her husband was running around on her. Nobody told me, you know what I mean? The gossip. And I thought we were close. You know, we're, 
we're brothers and we're supposed to encourage one another to pray. Well, I can't pray for them if they don't tell me that their husband's running around on them and or the wife is running around on them. You know, how do I know what to pray? Right. <laughs> so I began to search the scriptures because that was very intriguing to me. And nowhere in there does it say that you have to reveal to your brothers and sisters in Christ what's going on in your life. Right. Only to pray. Mm. Only to love one another. Sometimes they, they people find that it's such a challenge to love one another. Well, I really could love them if they follow all my instructions. Yeah. <laughs> I really could love them if they would just do what I tell them to do. Mm. Crazy, isn't it? That's how some people operate. Mm -hmm. There are some marriages that operate that way. Mm -hmm. But I want this to look at something here in 1 John chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. 1 John chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. But actually, we're gonna we're gonna go up to we're gonna go up to verse 7. We'll read down to verse 11, maybe 12. We'll see where it goes. <laughs> the Lord's changing it right now. I can see it. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. See, there you go. See, that solves all your questions right there. Now you know why you're supposed to love one another? Because what God said. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that knoweth not God, for God is love. And this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might, what? Live through him. Herein is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us. And he sent his son to be the what? Perpetuation for our sins. Beloved, if God is love, we ought also to love one another, man. Or love one another. No man hath seen God at any time. And if we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfect in us. Father, I thank you this morning for your word. I thank you, Lord God, that you loved us first. And Lord, I pray this morning that your message, Father, let it speak truth to each one of us. Let our hearts be open and our ears to receive, Lord God, what you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So John reveals the reach and the rationale for the love in Christian life. You see, John reveals that God loved us first. The reach is in that we ought to love one another. Sometimes, sometimes that's kind of a stretch when you want to love someone who's stubborn and obstinate and I'm going to be careful with my vocabulary this morning. <laughs> Stubbornness. And, and sometimes we just don't, we just can't, I want to love them, but they're, hmm. You know what I mean? You ever been down that road? 
up with someone, yeah. and then you have to ask God, forgive me, help me, and what do we do? Help me to love them. You know how hard it is to love someone who is right and never wrong? Yeah. <laughs> now, I'm not talking about me in Virginia. <laughs> wow, wow. <laughs> She's always right. I'm never wrong. <laughs> See? See how that works together? She's always right, I'm never wrong. Perfect cup. That's when God that's when God blends you together. Be careful. I'm just still considered a dark cloud like that. I don't want to know why you now. I was talking to my daughter about this yesterday, this message. She came in the house and uh, her mom was on oxygen. And Virginia says, or Chelsea says, Dad, why don't you light a candle or something? Just make a new fresh I said, you can't light a candle in here. Yeah, blow it up. She said, why? I said, it'll be like that cartoon commercial. Your mother had this black face. Poof! Her hair will be straight back and straight up. No same eyebrows. And a little puff of smoke coming out of the mouth. She said, I don't understand. I said, it'll blow up. You can't use it. She said, no open flame. I said, no, we got Lysol in there. Go use that. She said, that. Just turn it off for a little while. I said, she needs it to breathe. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Smoking or not smoking. Paul says, the rational, the rational, the circle of love from God to us to others. You see, I think a lot of times we forget about how the circle of love works. Right. See, I think I think if we if we start drawing that circle and we put God at the top of that, what happens? All through life, no matter what you start going through, no matter what challenges you start to face, no matter what things begin to happen and they keep happening, when you get back to the top, guess what's there? God. God. So guess where God never left? There. He never left your circle. Right. So many times I think we, we forget that, that God is always in our circle. That's why I always tell people, when you choose your friends, choose them wisely. Oh yeah. yeah. I always tell people, and when people say, Well, are you do you have a do you have a circle of friends? I said, Yes, I do. Well, who are your circle of friends? I said, My circle of friends starts with Jesus. And then everybody. That, that loves Jesus is in that circle. Well, what about the unsaved? What about the people who don't know about Jesus? I said, well, then that's where it works. See, that's where we as the body of Christ need to step outside of that comfort zone, witness to them, and bring them into the circle. Yep. Bring them into the family. You see, your family doesn't have to be just a few people that are in your church in the Sunday morning or, or whenever it is you meet with God. But that circle needs to be expanded. See, some people have God and them and their spouse. That, that's the only ones in the circle. 
Because everybody else has got a sinful nature, got a sinful life going on. And so they're outside the circle. And we, we just kind of try to avoid them. We try to avoid them because, because their character, their mouth, mm -hmm. their walk. See, it doesn't line up with mine, so, so I don't want to associate with them. That's not good. That's where we're wrong. See, yeah. we we've got to we've got to push that circle out. Yeah. We've got to make it bigger. We've got to pull in all those that we know. So, where does love start? Well, it says right here in verse ten where love starts. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us first. And he said his son is the purpose for us. So, so God is love. God loves us all. We're reminded in John 3, 16 that he loves us all. We've not sought God, but God has sought after us. You see, God is the original seeker. And he knows, he knows, church, he knows where you are. And he knows what you need. And finally, when we're seeking God, what are we doing? We're responding to his love. You say, I think of Valentine's Day. I think of all these people going out and buying flowers and chocolates and telling their significant others or friends, oh, we love you, happy Valentine's I remember being in elementary school, and my mom would have to go to the Kmart or the, the, the dollar store or something, she'd buy all these because she had six kids. <laughs> and then each, everybody had their own classmates and so you had it on Valentine's you had to bring Valentine's cards and everybody gave everybody a Valentine's card so nobody was ever left out. And my mom, she would go and get these Valentine's cards and I would complain. I said, but, but they have these ones, they have little lollipop on. She would explain to me those cost more money. And, you know, and I said, well, then that means they would think I loved them more if I got them the one with the lollipop on it. You know, sweeten them up. <laughs> Mom would say, no, just a simple Valentine's card will do. And then we would all have to sit down the night before Valentine's Day, before we went to school, and we'd all have to sit down and write all our friends in these cards and, and all your classmates, they got put in there, and then you would take them to school, and then you would pass them out. <laughs> Actually, when I was in elementary school, we had little boxes. We made these little boxes in art class, and you put your name on it, and I had a lid, and then you just put the card in the box. After my second year of elementary school, I kept the box because I didn't want to make one the next year. So I used the same one for a couple more years. And I never knew what happened to that box. I guess it got crushed or thrown away when we moved. I'm not sure. My mom probably found it hid in my closet and said, no, he's not going to be a hoarder. It was gone. I don't know. Maybe that's why I don't keep things today. But church, when we begin to think about 
how God loved us from the foundation of the world. Chosen in him. According as he had chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. That we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Ephesians 1.4. That's what Paul says. To be blameless before him. He reminds us that he's the lamb slain. In Revelation 13.8. I counsel thee by of me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich and white remnant that thou may be clothed and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear and anoint thine eyes with eyesight that thou may seest. You see, God wants us to be alive. He wants us to be active Christians. He wants us to be active for the Lord. And then when we begin to think about what love spends, John begins to talk to us about the, the, the perpetuation, which refers to the death of Christ on the cross. Jesus paid a price for us. And so many times I think we forget the price that was paid and how important that price really is when it comes to loving one another. You can't have hatred in your heart and say you love someone. But people think that you can. Well, I can love her, but I can hate him. That's kind of like saying, I'm saved, but it's okay to act like a heathen. You see, the perpetuation was God settling our sin problem. Now, if you say you didn't have a sin problem, I'm going to ask you to step outside the church because I don't want to ruin Dr. Donnelly's church with a hole in the roof <laughs> from the lightning strike that's going to come forth. But I found a little quote on my desk the other day as I was trying to throw things away because Virginia was going to be coming home and I had things laid out from the dresser all the way down onto my desk down and I had put nothing away. Virginia <laughs> has a little file system in our home. Everything has a place. Nothing's ever left out. Well, as you can imagine, when the mail come, I just kept saying, open it and set it, open it and set it, open it and set it. So, in three weeks, it got a little stack there. <laughs> and then she started asking me some questions about certain things. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> when you begin to examine how things operate, you begin to... Stand and, and when you begin to understand the word of God, you begin to understand the scope of how God loves. And, and you know what I love about how, the, the perfect love of God? We don't have to be perfect. Because he reminds me that I'm not perfect. And he reminds me that my 
growth in him is a daily walk. My, my love for him is a daily walk and continually growth. But I found this little piece of paper. And I wrote it down. Somebody said it wasn't me. And I can't remember who said it. But I wrote it down. It said, in those hours of darkness, God was dealing with his son about the awful question. And here he bore in his innermost soul the judgment that you and I would have never have to bear ourselves for all eternity. But if we are left without a savior, eternity would not be possible. Thus, he became our perpetuation. You see, we're all in need of a Savior. And when people say God is love, I understand that. When people say God loves everyone, I understand that. Matter of fact, I understand that God loves the sinner. I understand that. He hates the sin. But he loves the sinner. And when I hear people say about the type of sinners that will be in heaven, then my heart gets a little ruffled, so to speak. You know, they talk about don't ruffle the feathers or upset the apple cart. But when I hear people talk about there's going to be homosexuals and different things like that in heaven, I, I have a real issue. Because... The Bible I read doesn't talk like that. Because heaven is a perfect dwelling place. A sinless place. You see, we're living... Receiving love brings responsibility. You see, God's love... We're... Therefore, to love one another. So that responsibility is to love one another. The responsibility is to reach out and touch lives that don't know Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's our responsibility. Now, some will argue with you and say, well, I don't know about that. How do we expect people to go where we're going if we never tell them about where we're going to go? And how can we tell them where we're going and explain to them how they can get there if we don't introduce them to the person that can make it possible for them to get to where we're going? Does that make any sense? I don't know where that came from, but I hope it made sense. It sounded kind of made sense to me. So what I'm saying is, church, is if we don't introduce people to Jesus, people can't know where we're going. That's correct. When we tell people we're going to inherit eternal life, they're going to think, what, you're going to live forever? Absolutely. Well, explain that when I come to your funeral. Explain to me how you're going to be living eternal life. Well, I'm going to be living eternal life because when I close my eyes here, I'm opening my eyes there. And my life will continue on. But they can't know about that if we don't start sharing with them about Jesus. If we don't start bringing them to the life-giving flow of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, we are sent to all believers with love, right? But love goes beyond words. 
We are to love in deed and in truth. See, some people just want to speak it. But it goes a little deeper than that because we got to love in deed and in truth. This love produces compassion for those who are in need. So we begin to understand the full scope of, of God's heart. And God's heart is that he loves you so much that he sent his only begotten son for you. That you should not perish, but that you would have eternal life. But you know what I love about God's love? God's love sends us to the sinners with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yep. That's love. When you can go to someone who you know doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ, and you can begin to talk with them, you can begin to share with them with the heart of God, you can begin to speak with the boldness that, that the Lord Jesus Christ has put into your heart. And you can begin to share with them that this great vast of love that you have came from one person. Jesus Christ. He gave you a heart that's big enough to love, to reach outside of yourself. How many got up this morning and said, thank you, Lord, for loving me today? I didn't, but it was in my notes. And when I, I did it this morning, I should say, because when I was making my notes last night, that was one of my questions I wanted to ask you. Yes. And so when I got up this morning, I thanked the Lord because he loved me. And I thanked the Lord because he's given me the ability to take care of my wife. I thank the Lord that He's given me the ability and the and the and the I'm lost for a word here. I gotta get out my encyclopedia. Uh, <laughs> that He's gave me the desire, His will to to share the gospel message. <coughs> you see, a lot of times I think. We don't truly share the love of God because we've not really received that from Him. Yes. Of His love. Mm. See, I believe when you truly receive that gift, you can't wait to share with others about Jesus Christ and what He's done. Whether it's sharing a uh, uh, a devotional or a, a a particular portion of Scripture or something, picking up the phone and calling someone just to tell them that Jesus loves them and you care for them and you just want to pray for them. Not that you have to know what's going on in their home, but just pick up a phone and call them and say, you know, I was thinking about you today. I love you with the love of Jesus Christ. Can I pray with you? And just pray with them. No. But my question this morning really is this. Because I, I read through and I was thinking about this passage of scripture that John gave us here. As I began to understand it, the question really is, are you carrying God's love to others? Because that's really what makes the difference. That's really what brings people into your circle. When you begin to carry Jesus to others. And when you carry God's love to others, what happens is your circle then begins to grow. Because they want what you have. 
When I see Jack come in in the morning and he's smiling, I know he's ready to hear from the Lord. He doesn't want to hear me talk. He wants to hear from the Lord. And I'm sure the rest of you are, are in the same boat. You don't come here just to hear me babble, but you want to you want to receive something from the Lord that feeds you inside, that encourages you to go and to and to share the gospel with other folks. Yes, Father. People. Yes, Father. Virginia hears this, she's gonna say, folks, really? <laughs> I keep telling her I can't edit it now. <laughs> but people. Why did God come? Why did God send his only begotten son, Jesus? Why did he send him? For people. For people. And guess what? If you don't start speaking up, if you don't start singing out, guess what? The rocks are going to start going. Yes. Yep, yep. <laughs> I told Virginia a long time ago, it's been forever. I said, sometimes I think I got rocks in my head. And she said, oh yes. <laughs> I said, those rocks sing out every opportunity I get when I'm sharing the love of Jesus Christ with someone else. So it's okay to say, Pastor's got rocks in his head. Those rocks are gonna cry out. They're gonna share the love of Jesus. Church, what are we doing? What are we doing with that heartfelt love that Jesus Christ gave each one of us? When you came to the saving grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you became a born-again believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, what do you feel that God was wanting you to do with all of that excitement, with all of that love that he just possessed you with, that he just filled? All those empty... All those, you ever been... Back in the day before you came to Jesus, you had that empty spot in your heart, that empty spot in your life. It was like nothing seemed to make sense. But as soon as you asked Jesus Christ into your heart and your life, that empty spot was full. Yeah. Matter of fact, that empty spot began to take over everything else. Yeah. And you began to have that joy unspeakable and full of glory. That love, that was that explosive love that you wanted to share with others about the saving grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who died on the cross for my sins. I couldn't wait to share that with other people. And every day I get up, I can't wait to share with other people. Because that love is so significant to me. As it should be significant to you. Because you asked Jesus into your heart. He sought you for a long time. He, he did what he could to get your attention. And finally, one day you, you realized you were in need of something greater than yourself. And you asked Jesus to come in. Somebody who is greater than you are. And gave you everything that you have. And he continues to bless you. And he continues to pour out his blessings. Why? Because you're his chosen children. He sought you from the foundation of the world. Amen. And you yielded to him. That's what makes the difference in the Christian life. That's what makes the difference in our lives. And so therefore, 
Take that love. Share it with others. Because he loves you. Father, I thank you this morning that we can be in your great circle of love. Lord, I'm thankful that, Father, this body of believers here this morning all fit within that circle. But, Lord, I pray this morning, let that circle be enlarged. Let us take the gospel message to all those that we don't know. Let us begin to share that love of Christ. Yes, Father. Lord, that the whole world would know. The whole world would know that you gave your life for us. And that there's an opportunity for them to have eternal life. The life that we will one day experience all together. Lord Jesus, I pray that you just have your way with each one of us. Yes. Lord, help us to be those chosen that pull others into our circle. Let us share the gospel of love to the world. But Lord, help us to be firm in your teaching and speak only truth. We'll give you the power. We thank you and we, and we recognize the power that you have given to us to declare the gospel message. And we give you the glory and the honor and the praise for this that we pray this day in Jesus' name. Amen.